Welcome to the Sports Pro Podcast, getting inside the sports industry and recording it on audio. Hi everyone and welcome to a special edition of the Sports Pro Podcast with me, Sam Carp, a senior writer here at Sports Pro. I recently caught up with Powerboat P1 Chief Executive Azam Rangunwala on a transatlantic call to the company's international race headquarters in Orlando. Powerboat P1 promotes a number of marine motorsport series around the world, including the successful P1 Superstock Championships and the P1 Aquacross Jet Ski Series. I spoke to Azam about how the company has tweaked its business model in recent years to positive effect, but first I'll leave it to him to explain a little bit about his journey to becoming Chief Executive. I initially got involved on the manufacturing side uh, with my father, so I had a few months in between jobs. Um, I got out of uni, graduated in 2009, things weren't looking um, things weren't looking too great within the financial sector and just generally in the, in the world at that time. So mm. um, I was uh, about to actually work in a private equity firm in, in Dubai, um, I had about six months in between. So I continued racing, and my father said, well, "Why don't you Why don't you go and figure out how to, how we're building these boats?" Um, at that time, the business had really made a transition from the uh, larger offshore power boats, which we're getting back into now, but to a one design series. Mm-hmm. And in that process, we built and designed our own power boat. Um, and I, at the time, I wasn't really aware of like what we were doing within this within the business and. Yeah, that we were designing our own boats, but I kind of got thrown in the deep end. Uh, went to the factory in North Carolina, which was in Greenville, North Carolina. The population was around 60,000 people. There was a bit of a culture shock at the time for me, um, uh, but it was a great learning experience. Ended up spending around a year and a half there, um, obviously meaning that I decided not to take up the uh, private equity position. So, yeah, really I went from the manufacturing side to the event management side to bringing in some commercial. Uh, we created partnerships all over the place, varying from you know Budweiser to Ford to you know Yamaha to Kawasaki. You know we've done some um, done a few things with uh, you know various Mercury now is a, is a strong partner as well. So you know having built all of that and then um, I really you know, took over the U.S. operation. Um, about I would say four, four and a half years ago, and then chief exec coming up to two years now. So really, the whole dynamic of the business has changed within that. Obviously, from stemming more from the US, and I've been based mainly here um, in in America. And actually, you know, during the process of manufacturing and getting more and more involved in the events, I had suggested move of offices down from North Carolina to Florida. Um, and really, obviously, looking more towards Miami, just from a personal standpoint of being a, a bigger city. But it stripped bit from the business, and strategically, it made more sense um, to be based out of Orlando, given that we, we were, you know, planning to do events all around Florida, and it's essentially the center. And um, really, the businesses on Florida has really stemmed from there. And I, I built and turned it around on the U.S. front. And then, and then took over and created a business case for the European and international side of things. And my father said, well, look, if you're going to produce this business case, you're going to need to uh, become chief exec. And 
I said, yeah, I'm up for it. And um, it's been uh, it's been a ride for the last two years and I'm enjoying it. I mean, you touched on it there, kind of obviously a bit of a strategic shift. I think it was back in 2010, was it, that that happened? Um, obviously, I mean, since then, what sort of, what's kind of changed and what do you see the, the kind of proposition, the proposition of the business being now? Yeah, I mean, pretty uh, that, um, it was very, we called it checkbook racing and it was very much about um, an individual who was who had a lot of money, you know, and was able to fund their own team um, and to compete within this sport. What we did after 2010 was we changed the model to be more of a driver skill based off of enjoying enjoyment of the sport and the competition, rather than the um, the individual, you know, person, um, and also trying to attract some younger uh, participants within the sport. Um, obviously, you know, we have participants and we, we want mass, we really want the mass participation and what we realize was there's a lot of grassroots work to do within the sport. And we've been, we have the last, you know, since 2010, really been focusing a lot on that, both within the, you know, the one super stock series, which is the one design boats that, you know, we designed the manufacturers, mm. which have gone through a, you know, progressive um, development process um, we've recently put canopies on them and improved the safety. Um, and then on the across, you know, jet side, our participation has, you know, gone from in the, the beginning at the 2011 from, you know, we had about 15 to 20 riders. Now we have over 500 globally. So all in all, we've, and we've seen the progression from, you know, being an across racer to a boat racer. Um, you know, we've seen past crop on the different marine motorsports as well as you know, people evolve within the sport, um, becoming more commercially savvy. And that's really the focus is not just us more commercially savvy, but also the riders, the participants that are working with us. In terms of this year, then, uh, what, what's kind of what's new for 2019? I mean, I, I was reading about kind of some of the... Um, some of the sort of technical developments that the boat's been undergoing is it all, is it kind of about really sort of revolutionising the the, uh, the product from an entertainment perspective as well now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've uh, put a canopy on the boat. They were essentially open boats, so you were you know open. It was a open top boat essentially. Before we put a canopy on it, which has made it not only from a commercial standpoint look a bit more racy. Um, the concept before was it was half pleasure. Um, half race now it's a full race mode um, it, we've called it the uh, P1 Panther 28R um, for racing it's got a new Mercury 300R racing engine um, which has been announced as well which gives it more power um, we put in power steering into the boats they didn't have that before and um, yeah really it's just more of a technical boat and it's not so much a boat that you can just get into and drive we you know require a certain amount of training you have to go through a uh, dunker test which is essentially getting put upside down you know within a um, fake cockpit getting used to climbing out of the boat um, you're strapped in prior to this because it was open top you weren't strapped in so now we have a five point harness these boats are also racing with other boats within a bigger series that we're involved in now so um, it's definitely a, a step forward in technology we're using better materials um, in building the boat there's a lot of carbon fiber involved in that so all in all, it's uh, we actually fall under the UIM, which is the world governing body of um, the World Global Federation for Powerboat Racing, and uh, we 
built this canopy to the highest spec possible, which conforms with those with those guidelines as well. So we're really confident in the product, and we believe that that's going to grow within itself um, over the next three to four years. From that kind of international perspective, then obviously we've spoken a lot about the UK and the US already about them kind of being being your strongholds. Um, but obviously, there are, there are more than twenty events on the international calendar this year. Um, would it be fair to say that you're looking to expand all of the time? Are there any are there any markets in particular that you're looking to next? Some of the stronger ones that we're speaking to at the moment is you know we have we have an office in Malaysia at the moment and we are working you know we've been working for the last four or five years with the Malaysians and there's always there's definitely a, ma- a large opportunity there to take an entire series um, of both the uh, P1 Aquas which are the jet skis and the P1 Superstar. Um, we're speaking to Russia, we're speaking to Saudi Arabia. So really, I mean, you know, as mentioning um, the fact that the victory team from the UAE is coming across to race in America, you know, we've got some Australians racing out here too. So really, I mean, it's almost, it's very much a global reach and we're always open to talking to different international opportunities. Um, but the key behind that whole aspect of national is explaining to all of us that Yes, it's all good to you know come on board and have an international event, but it's really also about building the grassroots and ensuring that there is a local series running, not just an international event. Um, you know, we are, we do want to promote the the higher lights and the top echelon of the sport, but at the same time, within our sport, with American motorsport, both on the um, aquacross the jet ski side as well as on the boat side, you know, there's a lot of building still to do, and we want to see. You know the youth um, and younger and better talent coming through in years to come. Sure, and um, of your kind of, of your existing venues at the moment, then how have you kind of seen them benefit from um, from partnering with you? I guess obviously there's a lot of there's a, there's some positive impact from the local economy and also from a tourism standpoint as well. I imagine. From our standpoint, not only do we provide um, international television coverage, we've been working with Green Light Television for. Um, coming up to over 10 years now and we produce a post-produced show which um, will air on over in over 100 countries around the world you know here in the US it goes on CBS Sports Network and we work with uh, Fox Sports Florida and the Fox Regional Networks as well in the UK you know we're on Sky Sports so that international television coverage really does provide you know some great value for those local venues and that's a lot of the initial conversations that um, arise from that international television coverage that we do provide but you know, the local stimulus from the events that we put on has really started to increase as this series has grown um, we do we have started working with promoters in venues rather than just putting on venues ourselves I mean when when you're looking at kind of the demographic of people who are coming along to your events is it is it very much a kind of family spectacle that you're trying to sell at the moment Definitely, it's very much a family spectacle. I mean, most of the events are on the beach. Um, it's a great day out for the family. Um, definitely, when it comes to the sporting side of things, it's obviously a little bit more um, male-dominated, and um, it's a little bit of an older demographic. But the beauty of it is that they all end up bringing their family, so um, you uh, fit in, and you really appeal to pretty much any demographic. The great thing about our business is that because we have people on across. Um, which is our jet ski racing series. It's a little bit younger of a demographic in terms of the participants, and it's more of a you know we uh, find it more similar to a motocross um, type of feel. Whereas 
if you uh, look at the offshore boats, um, that's a bit of a higher level and it's a little bit of an old demographic. So we really cater to almost any demographic that you can find, given that you, know, you can bring your family to the beach, but it's also, you know, for the motor sport guy, who might be a little bit older and consistent and concentrating on the races. I mean, obviously from, from speaking here, it seems like you guys really do have a lot of reach. Um, is that sort of one of your biggest um, value propositions to sponsors then? And uh, I guess building, leading on from that, do you, do you ever have any experience, any challenges when kind of trying to get uh, non-endemic brands to invest with you guys? Yeah, definitely one of our, is the reach of our, you know, um, the uh, television coverage that we get. Um, social is, is still in, in its growth stages and we have a long way um, to go and we feel like, you know, we're definitely you know, we've got new social strategies that's working out well. We're using more, you know, short clips and video. You know, we, we keep can keeping the imagery can just grow. It's been great over the last few years. Um, in work with partners, definitely one of our strengths is the fact that we do have so many venues and so many locations. Our reach is massive. I and mean, it's also the participants that get involved in that, and they're very keen on, on helping us share that. The difficulties that we've had with some of our, you know, sponsors and partners is really because our reach is so is so wide in the sense that our venues are so wide, it's that, you know, getting the let's say a national USA sponsor in, um, it's making sense now, but over the past few years, as you said, it's quite niche and we've been in quite quite niche locations as well. But we're getting to the point now where we're getting to, you know, bigger and better locations in more prominent areas with bigger populations, it's getting easier and easier. And within the US, for example, now we're getting you know, national television coverage rather than just regional. It's making a big difference and a big push and being able to reach out to those national, you know, like you said, non-endemic brands. And, you know, they say that, you know, you get one or two of those in and it really starts to build off each other and using, you know, a lot of what we aim to do with our partners is, you know, really find what they're trying to do and what they're trying to reach and try and work with them and, you know, one of the things we ask of them, especially on the non-exemic brands, is to say, look, we want you to promote us and use our brand, um, you know, to be a partner of ours rather than just us doing all of them. So it's finding a way where we can work with them. I guess it's a, it's a challenge that a lot of sports like yourself kind of encounter. And more specific to you, though, are there, are there any other kind of challenges that you've had to overcome in kind of building a commercially viable and credible marine motorsport business? I imagine that um, there have been a fair few over the years. Definitely. I mean, you know, you brought up quite a few of them already in terms of, you know, the logistical challenges and being able to, you know, put a race course out onto a, a big, and, and into an ocean is, is not an easy feat and to operationally do that and to stick to time um, has definitely been, you know, an issue for us in the past, which we've worked hard to resolve we've been able to you know come up with different ways and working with, you know over the last 15 years really it's getting our feet stuck into you know working with all the different entities and it's actually a lot, a lot of places we go to you know they've, they've never had they, they've you know most people heard of you know the fact that they race jet skis or they even fix these boats um they might have seen it in the past but you know how does that all take place um, you know, being environmentally aware, that, you know, they assume that we're not, we, we don't operate that way. It's not like we're going to a racetrack. You know, we are building the racetrack in the water for a few days, and then we're taking it out of there. Um, so that in, in itself has been a, um, especially for me, um, learning experience over the last ten years. But now it's clockwork, and we've definitely overcome that. 
you know, we've been like in the marine industry, essentially you have a boat show and you know, you have the boating industry magazines, but there really isn't, you know, many other avenues for them to, you know, promote themselves and, you know, we're the avenue for that and we believe that we are and we've managed to prove that by working with, you know, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Mercury Racing, you know, they're all coming on board and understanding that this is a great um, platform for them to promote their products um, and their new products, which we might not even think, which has been great. Um, and, you know, working with tourism boards, you know, another really great example of being able to exploit, you know, our commercial, um, the commercial avenue of our business is really the partnership we have with Experience Kissimmee, which is the presenting partner of the um, of the European tour. You know, Experience Kissimmee is the tourism board, which is here from Orlando, and they try and attract more visitors to the Orlando destination. And one of their big markets is the UK, and obviously going into Europe. And so, supporting the European tour, you know, was a great partnership for them to take on. Because even though they're promoting something within their own destination, they're trying to keep the people here. So they're exploring the fact that we have people all over Europe. And um, that was a challenge initially is to really get partner, you know, for the entire series. But we managed to do so and to find someone that fits it perfectly. And it's really building and growing that relationship, um, especially across, across the ocean, has helped. And I think that's all come about because... We are such an international organization, so it's finding the right partners has been the biggest challenge. Um, but now that we have, um, it's been great being able to work with these partners and grow those relationships. Uh, and we've we've been we've found some real you know belief in our product, and we've shown some uh, great results with with these partnerships over the last few years, and we hope to grow those. So I mean, just to finish up, then I mean, it kind of sounds like a lot of those challenges then have have been overcome, and I, I think it would almost be fair to say that it seems like you guys are almost at a tipping point now to an extent. Um, I mean, over the next few years, then just how just how big do you want this to get? What are you, what are your ambitions to scale? I mean, is that is there a ceiling that you're really looking to smash through soon? You know, global domination um, <laughs> in the sense that <laughs> in the sense that we want to be a global platform. I think. Um, like I said, our, our challenge is how to, you know, create across the gap, across borders in terms of, you know, between the UK and the US. You mentioned that, you know, those are two of our strongholds and we've built those over the last, you know, few years. Um, really, it's it's stepping into the other market and creating a stronghold there. We don't want to just go to another market, have a single event and come back. Um, we want to create a stronghold there and create some consistency. And then that's going to take us to a global level. You know, I mentioned our challenge was, you know, in terms of getting a national partner, national sponsors, um, you know, working with national brands because we work quite regionally. You know, we've overcome that. But now the next step is really getting things to that global level. And we can bring in a, a true global, which brings together the whole series. And that's where um, it stems into having global um, a global series and really that next step over the next few years is to build that you know we are going to be building that with world championship events that, that we start to bring in but really the next step um, is to create those global partnerships which will be created from those international partnerships I was mentioning like Russia, Malaysia, Saudi Arabia and bringing those all those guys on board to, to do what we're really going to do there. So all in all, we've got the international flavor and the global market, you know, playing into our hands. We need those other countries and borders to come in. 
literally at the tipping point where just bringing one or two of those will really cause us to take it to the next level, being able to expand our team and, you know, provide the end goal with, like I said, global domination. Uh, we're excited and we're ready. There you have it, folks, and be sure to look out for the P1 Aquacross World Championship event in the Bahamas in November. Thanks again to Azam Rangunwala and to all of you for listening. We look forward to you joining us next time.